0: listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 104 covering In Theory and Redemption Part 1 with Kevin Lynch. Friends, it's the end of Season 4 and we're here with Flonk and we're going to tell you what happens. Yes. Ahoy. That's Flonk, the guy who said a horn.
1: Yes. Yarr! Matt's,
0: Matt's the other one. And I'm Al. Bye. This is the post-atomic order.
1: This is the first time we've introduced ourselves since, like, episode <laughs> one.
0: And you mentioned once, might have been when we were doing the other show, like, do you think people know
1: which one's Al and which one's Matt? Mm, probably not. Well, in the show notes it says one, the one who's yelling at the other one is probably Al.
0: Yeah. That seems about right. I don't know. Every now and then we get a guest on that yells at both of us. Well, I mean, that's Flonk's brother, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's those what what are the does. most
1: confusing shows of uh, of all for new listeners. Yeah, but also you're expected to do homework about like Robin Hood.
0: Well, fortunately this time we didn't have to do any homework. Well, on Klingon stuff, I suppose, but that's that's stuff we all like. Well, yes. Nobody so, likes Robin Hood.
1: No, that's really? true.
0: I thought you said Romulan Hood.
1: I would totally read the Merry Adventures of Romulan Hood. <laughs> they steal from the rich and from the poor. <laughs> All
0: right, but before we get to the to the big Klingon epic that will be spoken of in song, or I guess sung of in speaking, uh, we have, uh, in theory, which Flonk has volunteered to take, so uh, why don't you tell us all about that, Mr. Flonk?
2: Oh, uh, right. Data and Geordie are hanging out in the Torpedo Bay, and, hey, wait a second, that's not Geordie. That's a lady. Meet Lieutenant Jenner Disorder, Data's other BFF that we've never seen before and we never will again. She's just getting out of a, race, a relationship with an emotionally unavailable man and is venting to Data. They have a nice easy rapport, and she's even getting a little flirty with him. They end up on a double date with the O'Briens, and in an attempt to fit in, Data puts his hair in curlers and starts hitting Jenna with a rolling pin. <laughs> this somehow works, and Data and Jenna are going steady. Meanwhile, a spooky ghost has broken all the Enterprise's dishes. Data, understandably, is looking for advice in this new relationship, so he goes to his friend Geordie for help. They both quickly realize that this was a bad idea. Jordy suggests asking someone asking someone with more experience. Smash cut to Nails being way too interested in Data's love life. In order to be a good boyfriend, Data has created a series of programs to account for their new relationship. At first, Jenna thinks this is sweet, but soon the realities of dating a Meccano man set in and she breaks up with him. We end with Data sitting alone in his room, holding his cat. Can't imagine why that image stuck with me. And Jenna goes back to security where she'll be no trip. Hey, wait, there's still ten minutes left in this episode? Ah. Alright, in order to get the poltergeist to go away, Picard has to spend a night in a haunted shuttle. He flies around some spatial he flies around some spatial anomalies, explodes but he transports out in time. You know, typical day in Starfleet.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I noticed you guys were making notes about ghosts before I watched the episode. Like, that can't be right. I don't remember ghosts in this. Oh. Cheeky's Worf, there's a g- g- ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Well, in Klingon, the, the word for ghost is G apostrophe, G apostrophe, H O S T. So that's actually how he would say it anyway.
1: Come on, come on, Worf. Would you do it for two Klingon snacks? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, uh, runner.
0: Uh, had to take it that one step too far, didn't you? I'm fatigued. Welcome <laughs> back to Canada, Matt.
2: You've grown fatigued this episode.
0: <laughs> Flunk, why don't you tell us your good thing?
2: Alright, my good thing is that the segment where everyone's giving data advice is fantastic. They all give good advice. It's all totally in character. Even Troy isn't completely useless.
0: Yeah, it's a great run. It's a mm-hmm. great, like, as far as sort of classic comedy goes, it's a great sort of escalation. You go from Geordi to Troy to uh, Riker. and It's, it's fantastic.
1: My, my only thought is, like, why didn't you hit Riker first? Save yourself some time. We Flunk and I, the, the,
0: we were noticing the... Um, the camera work, mm-hmm. like Picard, uh, uh, Patrick Stewart, no, Picard directed <laughs> Sorry, Picard directed yes. this one. Well, you know, he's always directing Data on the holodeck in, uh, in all those Shakespeare plays. So, I mean, he's, you know, there's precedent for that.
1: He's at least competently leader He's a better yeah. director than he is an
0: actor. Right. But, uh, Patrick Stewart directed this and he's got, he's got this interesting way of shooting each character a little differently. And I can tell... He's looking at it from an acting standpoint, because mm-hmm. the, the the scene with Worf, where he's ac- asking Worf what he should do, is a really sort of extreme close-up, and Worf's kind of being really Yeah, intense. basically, you just
2: see, like, their faces. You don't even yeah. see their whole heads. Like, it's just, the camera's right up on them.
0: And then you cut to the Riker one, and it's a wide shot, and he's got his feet up on the table, he's got his arms, like, behind his head. He's like, yeah, here's what you need to do.
1: Let me I- just take up as much space as it is possible for me, Riker, to take up. <laughs>
0: I but know those, that we're on opposite sides I'm of the room, but I do have to put my leg up. Of course, he does. He put both his legs up. No, it was a it was a fantastic run, and it culminating in uh, culminating in Picard's. Um, I, you know what, Mister Data? I know what you're going to ask me. Uh, I don't know. Goodbye.
1: I don't want to talk to you about women. Yeah, like like at all.
0: But it's great, and, and as Flonk pointed out, even Troy wasn't completely useless there, mm. although again, she's sort of cold and standoffish like she always is.
1: Everyone well, like any is...
2: good therapist, someone that you don't really want to talk to. Yeah,
1: I guess my alternate title for this episode, if we were still doing that would be Troy Lends a Hand
0: <laughs> mm. Well, that just conjured up images I didn't want to you're think welcome, of. oh Christ. <laughs> No, it was great. There's a lot of great character stuff in here. And, I, I uh,
1: love, I love how uh overprotective Worf gets. Yeah. Of uh what the hell's her name?
0: Uh, Jenna. Jenna. And DeSora. some robot fucker. Yes.
1: Yeah, Mrs. Data. Distora. Yeah. She, she's got an apostrophe in her name. That's why.
0: Ah. That's why he's protective. Now, Worf's been like that before with any of his guys on his security team. He's very like, <laughs> don't don't fuck with her, okay? If you hurt her feelings, I'm gonna break your neck.
1: Yeah, and I love that. I love that. That's like this little bit of Worf that he doesn't like.
0: Look, well, we've seen it before, too. It's it's yeah. definitely a consistent thing.
1: He's just like, don't fuck with my guys. Yeah. I will kill you. You can fuck my guys. Just don't fuck with them. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Don't ruin this for me, okay? I'm doing all right. Yeah, I got a good team here. Don't Finally to... got everything in place. Yeah, Last I... thing I need is... Everything's really great. ...messing and... it up. Everything's great, and I'm never going to quit this job. It's all coming up, Worf. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and your bad thing? Gynet made a drink with targ milk. Shit's Gross. She's listing off the ingredients, and I—I I don't know if she said mead or meat. I'm pretty sure she said meat. There is meat in that drink. That is, yeah, unpleasant. between
2: that and gross thing on pig milk, yeah, yeah. no, I don't want that.
0: And you're—you know—you—you—you've—you've you've tended a bar from time to time in your mm-hmm. life. You know—you know, you know your way a bar around and some drinks. Drink a cocktail or two. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Generally, there... ones with milk you don't want to stick around with. I well, I mean, you got your um, you got what your what about your uh, your white Russians? That's what mentioned. I was gonna say. Your yeah, Russians, exactly. your white Russians, your your other colored Russians. Well, I mean, something frozen, yeah, but not I anything mean, else. Was... No, and she's she's doing that thing where she's mixing. Beans it looks like she was mixing milk and orange juice too. Which yep, isn't that what um in in Heather's? Isn't that what uh Winona Spock's mom Ryder was uh trying to give? What's her name to throw up milk and orange juice? Is
1: that what that was? I think so. Yeah. I thought that was a drink of choice on Laverne and Shirley.
0: Uh, no, that was milk and Pepsi.
1: Oh, that's right. That
0: was the answer we were looking for, milk and
1: Pepsi. Milk and Pepsi.
0: Right. We would be dumb enough to drink something like this.
1: Hello. Hello. <laughs> uh,
0: so my good thing is this one's a good mix of humor, obvious but effective, and genuinely touching character moments. But the really impressive thing is that somebody finally got data right. I mean, he does the uncomprehending thing, He, you know, takes things literally and, and doesn't really get the the joke, but he's also starting to make believable effort to blend in, tell jokes, be considerate of people's feelings. He feels nuanced and and like, a, like he's grown, like he's been there for four years and he's really starting to get what it's, you know, wh- how he's supposed to act around humans. Like, I don't think he's any different, but I think he's altered his behavior to the point where there's several times where he can tell he's going to hurt her feelings if he says something a certain way and he rewords it.
1: Yeah. There's a point mm-hmm.
0: where he attempts to be funny and succeeds. Mm-hmm. There's, there's so much more subtlety there and not just data being a big blunt instrument that can't blend in. He's he's starting to blend in. They're starting yeah. to get what data is, and I like that.
1: Like, I mean, he's been with this crew for like four years, five years now, really. Yeah. Like, we should, I'm gl- I'm just glad we're cutting back on the, more obvious, stupid jokes. Well, know? there's
0: one literal joke, but it's actually pretty funny, where she says, I let the cat out of the bag.
1: That was hysterical. Yeah,
0: because that's how you play yeah. that joke now. You don't just do the, you know, feline out of the bag-shaped container. Uh, yes.
1: What a reference.
0: You... Right. No, that was cute. They, like I said, there's a lot of moments where he's... Like, after their little musical performance, he, he doesn't... The, the usual move would be for him to criticize her.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Inadvertently. To say, well yeah you came in at the wrong time and your, your, your thing wasn't tuned and blah blah blah, but he's like trying to spare her feelings yeah i
1: love uh I love uh, uh but I'm sure the audience didn't notice
0: yeah, but he's mostly just talking up what she did right mm-hmm. he's, he's realized that humans yeah. don't want to hear their flaws listed, they want encouragement <laughs> yeah so it's it's nice, and you know, I like that uh, my bad thing, um so did they fuck or what? I was trying to find a way
2: to work the phrase sentient vibrator into my summary.
0: Yeah. It's harder than you think. Yeah. No, I mean, it's harder than you think. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Yeah, cat Um, out of the bag was better.
1: You you really want to answer that question uh, in first contact data tells you exactly how long it's been since he's had sex. I'm pretty sure it's only been with Tasha.
2: Hmm.
1: Because it says act- like seven years, some odd, whatever. I'm not right. sure when first contact's supposed to take place in relation to the rest of the series, but it's there. I got you. The the thing is, and Flunk, God, you I'm changed. Sad I know that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Flunk, you changed your bad thing because it was the same as Matt's. Yeah, mine would have been the same. Also, is the thing. That's all I could come up with is did they have sex? Because oh, I know that's why I changed to a joke. Yeah. Because there is the one bad thing. Yeah, there's the one really. Just bad Matt thing got to it first. We all mm-hmm. completely agree on, but yeah, we don't want to. We don't want all have the same thing. But no, I, I was genuinely curious. I mean, Matt, you're you're right, but those movies played pretty fast and loose with continuity as well.
1: That is definitely true.
0: In generations, he pulls out the emotion chip that at the end of Descent Part Two, he said, uh, "This is fused. I can't use it." Mm-hmm. And then suddenly he just plugs it in and everything's fine.
1: Oh yeah, I fixed it when no one was looking.
0: Yeah, and then of course then, Borg have a queen when they never had a queen before. Yeah. I mean there's And then, a then lot eventually of... he just stops using the emotion chip too.
1: Right. They just you know whatever they they fe- they did whatever
0: they felt like. The movies were not really as you know. Kite. Although to be fair, that is standing from the continuity of the original series to the original movies. That's true. That's definitely true. I mean, you know, Chekhov and Khan and all that crap. Yeah. But. Uh, that said, you know, that, that line could have been a mistake. Mm-hmm. For all we know, he's had more sex.
1: He's had additional sex.
0: Could be. And maybe he just has, you know, a very specific definition of sex. That could be as well. He's he's playing by the Bill Clinton rules. Yeah. Timely. <laughs> so so that, man, would,
1: <laughs> that would explain the stain on her uniform. Cat in the bag was better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, the bag was better than a lot of stuff, yeah. There was data,
0: was a much better comedian than any of us. This yeah, week.
1: <laughs> no, there what was a that... marvelous mechanical man.
0: <laughs> there was that great bit where he's talking to O'Brien and his horrible wife, and mm-hmm. uh, and O'Brien says some cute line, and then data mimics the same line and
1: gets a laugh like he's, mm-hmm. he's trying and they laugh, like it, it works. Damn it. There's this great moment where O'Brien where the O'Brien's are talking to him and Miles is all like, oh yeah, and then we did this, and then Keiko was all like ah!
0: <laughs> That was a great moment until <laughs> Yeah. We're we're actually oddly enough, we'll be recording our uh next supplemental episode uh this this same recording date. And someone actually asked the question uh you said you would be fair about Wesley. You said you'd give him a fair chance and judge him on his own merits. Why didn't you give Keiko the same chance?
1: He did give us a chance. He did, because she yeah, just well, blew it, it
0: t- quickly. Tune in, tune in to our supplemental episode coming next week, and you'll find out the answer to that. But it just reminded me in this particular episode, because there she is again, and as soon as she opens her mouth... The first line of the episode is,
1: Miles doesn't clean up! Yep. He doesn't pick up his socks. <laughs> Ugh.
0: Shut up, lady.
1: Oh, it's so decadent.
0: <laughs> this is sinful. Shut up, lady. Alright, Matt, what about you?
1: Alright, this episode did a really good job of making me feel really sad. Yeah, it did. There's a lot the very last like line in the episode when uh when she breaks up with him, mm-hmm. uh he goes Can you actually just play it here? I suppose I can do that. Thank you. Jenna.
2: Are we no longer a
1: couple. No,
2: we're not. Then I will delete the appropriate program.
1: I'll see you later. That may be the saddest line ever spoken on Star Trek. Yeah, and, and Flunk
0: mentioned the, the sort of the visual after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just sitting alone in a dark room with his cat. Yeah, he yeah. blows Aww. out the candle, so he's literally sitting in the dark. Mm-hmm. And then his cat shows up, and he, like, completely switches off her program, and he's just like, Hello, Spot.
1: That might actually be it. He might have deleted the memory of having sex with her. Uh, that, that, Ooh. there we go. You fixed mm-hmm. it.
0: Good no Turn the sunshine up in this, piece. <laughs> yep. Wow. That would be incredibly different with, uh, with robots. You got some yep. sort of weird, do Androids dream of Electric Sunshine thing going on yeah, there. Yeah, but
1: it would be a hundred times more awesome.
0: No, it absolutely would. You know what it would also be better than? Mm. Blade Runner. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there were... Well, we'll go into that. What's, what's your bad thing?
1: Okay. The thing with the disappearing pieces of the bridge just isn't very interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's supposed to be yeah. exciting when Picard's piloting his shuttle around for some reason, but it just wasn't. Like, yeah. this episode is all about Data and his relationship syncs. It's completely and a character episode.
2: It literally was all about Data. For, yeah. like, the first half, 30 minutes of the episode, we were mm-hmm. just following Data. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then they just switch gears to,
0: to this nonsense. For and then 10 suddenly, minutes. I guess
1: David Copperfield shows up to make the bridge vanish.
0: No, isn't David Copperfield the one who just does the stupid stunts? Wouldn't he just be hovering in a block of no, ice no, no, that, on the shuttle
1: bay?
2: No, that's David Blaine. Blaine yeah.
0: Oh, right.
1: David Copperfield made a piece of the Statue of Liberty disappear. God damn it! How come he hasn't been arrested? <laughs> that
0: thing's important, man.
1: The French are gonna have our heads.
0: <laughs> that was a gift. <laughs> <laughs> So That's why we can't have nice things. They're going to come over and they're going to say, what, what what did you do with this statue we gave you? How come we don't see it on display? It's in uh, no.
1: perfectly good shape when we left it here. Yeah, what does... What oh, are you, you ashamed of our gift? You'll take pieces of it, disappear. You'll take it for a walk to save New York. You have no disrespect <laughs> for us.
0: That's right. They have no disrespect for them.
1: That's right. <laughs> no, we, we,
0: like I said, we almost all chose the same bad thing and you just got their first mat, which is... Uh, Yeah, that that plot just felt tacked on. It was that same thing, we've talked about this before, where Family was the only episode where they just got to do a character exploration for an hour. Yeah. Otherwise, there has to be that deadly danger, and we
1: don't care. (coughs) This deadly danger could not have been more slapped together.
0: It was Dark Matter was making bits of the ship disappear, and they had to pilot the ship out of it. That was it. And
1: then some poor chick fell into a floor, and I actually felt kind of sad for her. No, that was cool. That was kind of creepy. What a what a pathetic way to get killed! You fall into a floor while people are while while someone is trying to distract you from what Data's up to.
0: <laughs> but it it rematerialized like she fell through and then it rematerialized and killed her instantly, and that yep. was
1: that was kind of creepy. I thought that's rough.
0: Yeah, but the rest of it was just like Picard's <laughs> Picard's stuff fell under his table, and we're acting like it's this huge deal. Like, well, mm-hmm. okay, sure. it, it fell over. It's okay. Never he accidentally
2: knocked that. over a hypo spray, or possibly a ghost knocked it over. Like. Yeah. She could have just as easily hit it with her elbow. No one would have noticed.
0: Well, there's that great exchange between him and Worf, and and he actually says, Could have been a poltergeist, Mr. Worf. And Worf, Worf stares at him. Sir? And the look that, that he gives him is like, What? <laughs> I never saw that movie.
1: I heard there was a clown in
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. I know mean, we met the I devil, devil face but
1: still. <laughs>
0: Listen, my parents are gypsies. I know all about this shit. <laughs> No, it's, it's definitely a plot that just doesn't need to be there, and it's so obvious that they tacked it on, and mm-hmm. I, I believe when we get to DS9, they're allowed to do more sort of character episodes without the yeah. obligatory danger. I remember that, but I can't think of a specific episode right now.
2: I hope They might they. have even just integrated a better Or This is literally That's like possible. there were just two distinct episodes going on at the same time. And well, the, the other n- one The nice not... thing
1: with uh, with DS9 was that it was big enough, like it had enough going on in it that you could sort of pull that off a lot easier.
0: That's true, because everyone had a sort of running thread. Yeah. So the yeah. B-plot wouldn't just be what we tacked on this week. It would be some continuation of a thing from before. Yeah,
1: we'll pick up what Bashir's up to this week or whatever. Right.
0: Um, we were talking about, it might have integrated... Like, I've pointed this out sometimes where the A and B-plot weave together very nicely, because they do that sometimes. hmm If Jenna had been a, a shuttle pilot...
1: That would have worked really well.
0: And she was out there, and we were worried because she's the guest star of the week. She might be dead. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Or... Yeah she might get back and be all emotional and want to break up with it. You know, there could be a yeah. whole way to play that.
1: No, that would have been awesome. But instead yeah. we have Patrick Stewart piloting a shuttle.
0: Well, he directed, he wanted to save <laughs> I, the day.
1: I guess Picard's like a really good pilot too. Oh, we've seen that before. We got, yeah, it's that his there. thing. He's
0: always piloting. Yeah. 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 We got that. Remember when he was steering the, the enterprise out manually, he was up yeah, in, yeah. I think. I West guess East I never Street. noticed that before. Yeah, no, it's been two or three times. It's yeah. this, they totally didn't pull it out of their ass this time, but there's a scene between him and Riker where, Riker's like, you can't pilot the shuttle. I got to look out for your safety. You're We've a had...
1: loose cannon, Picard. <laughs> We've had that exact
0: conversation like seven times,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's like, uh, do you do you not get it yet? Just back off there, Bill. <sighs> Come on, enough then. Yeah. So here's my thing. the 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 centerpiece of the episode is this Jenna chick, which Flunk said he didn't think was she was that great an actor. I, I can yeah. see that. You know, yeah, a bit standard TV. We're grading stuff. On, a,
2: on a curve with guest stars in this episode. Yeah. But anyway, she was, well, and, was and fine.
0: We're grading on a curve for early 90s TV also. Yeah. The caliber of actor you got back then is just not like what you get on TV now. Early 90s syndicated sci-fi. Right. Yeah.
1: I, I the, mean... The bottom of the television barrel.
0: Most yeah. of the main cast are quite good, but, or at least good at what they're supposed to be doing. <laughs> yeah, she's she wasn't great. But that said... The character she played is so much like Girls That I Have Known. She's got low self-esteem. She's been with so many jerks. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Data is programmed with basic human decency, and that's all it takes to get to win her over. Mm-hmm. He treats her with the minimum amount of respect that a human being you know, deserves. And well, she's I mean, like,
1: think, he's so nice to me. I, I think we're a little higher up than that. I mean, he at least treats her like... We're supposed to believe he at least treats her like a friend, which is a little... You know, okay, maybe but, maybe one level higher than how he treats. Lightly. No,
2: he's but he's just programmed with with politeness, with politeness. Like, yeah, exactly, Kindness. Yeah,
1: but he's
2: he uh, wasn't making the moves on her or anything. No. He was
0: just like he he's was just not treating her like a person. He just thinks that's how he's supposed to act. Right, yeah. but I think she's been with, and I, I may have read a little into this, but I think she's been with so many just awful, awful men who treat her poorly. Mm-hmm the data being even the tiniest bit nice to her just like oh my god he's so amazing i don't know i <laughs> i've known chicks like this a lot where it's like
1: yeah That's so sad
0: it is and you know i, I knew them in my early 20s and usually in my experience they grow out of it and, mm-hmm. and maybe they don't but you know it's it's just a thing when you're when you're young and you're kind of inexperienced and you're going through crap and you, i don't know she just she felt like a lot of chicks that i have known and it's mm-hmm. and some and some guys honestly it's not a it's not just a chick thing but uh because in my experience, I've mostly met women like this. I, somebody had pointed out that, that if you look at it like that, he's basically, like, her gay friend.
1: <laughs>
0: well, he was
2: very close to the friend zone. Like just I could totally see that. She just decided she was going to start make out with him instead.
0: But because he doesn't really think of, you know, relationships as a thing he would do, mm. yeah. he could have been the role of the gay friend. Because he would never, you know... He's not pining for her. He's never like, well, you know, the friend zone implies that he wants to be more, but he doesn't. It's a montage scene of <laughs> buying her all these new clothes. Some trying on hats. <laughs> Gotta have the time. Data and Jordy nod at each other. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> See, and I can't remember who, Matt, it might have been your theory, or I don't remember who we had on where we hypothesized that uh, Data and Jordy are actually a couple. Yeah, I think that was Brian. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, that wasn't me.
0: I, I kind of like the idea, though, and I wonder if, you know, maybe this is... Remember when he tried to grow a beard? This is just a different manifestation of that.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, let's try this. <laughs> yeah,
0: this is a better beard.
1: <laughs> so, there's that bit
0: where Worf is talking about, you know, a Klingon woman blah, blah, blah. You have to conquer her. Mm-hmm. You know what, Worf? We've seen you with one Klingon woman, and you did not conquer her. No. She conquered you.
1: Once again, only knows about Klingon women from books. Yeah,
0: he talks a big talk, but really...
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So what else?
1: What's happened in this thing? Just a you know, a lot of good character moments. Yeah, a lot the of characterization little... is awesome. Yeah,
0: and and then the incidental plot that nobody cares about. Mm-hmm. My note here is this is awesome. I would watch a Domestic Adventures of Data spinoff.
1: I would like to have seen. Well, that uh... leads me
0: right into my quote. <laughs> uh, let's, <laughs> let's go right to that. Let's do that and We can continue discussing after that. But it's yeah. the Data Show. Honey, I'm home. <laughs> that would have been great. I, there is the bit where he starts getting creepy.
1: Yeah, that was.
0: Yeah, a little lore there. Yeah, it's definitely a little lore there.
1: <laughs> that was unpleasant, but like, I can almost see his reasoning behind that. Well, I guess this is what we're supposed to do now.
0: Yeah, maybe there's something wrong with you. Like, but but his delivery and his look and everything yeah. very lore,
1: unpleasant. <laughs>
0: yeah, I kind of like that. Uh, I thought, and yeah, and she
2: relax, she reacts to that like great too, where she just like he leans into like stroke her hair or whatever, and she just kind of pulls back. Ah, yeah,
0: what's going on? Yeah, she's got a great look on her face. Like, is he going to kill me? This machine there, what, what <laughs> been... is malfunctioning. I don't know what's going on now. Yeah. <laughs> Call tech support quick. That's so Jordy, yeah, that's what was just saying. that's just Jordy. Um, there's a, there's a great scene that would have been my quote. I mean, your 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 choice is great, flunk, but my quote would have been where she kisses Data and she asks him what he's thinking about. Oh, yeah. And he lists, like, the 12 things that he's thinking about, and one of them is, I was calculating how much pressure to apply to your lips. And I'm just thinking, if he calculated wrong, he would just crush her with his mouth.
1: Yeah, just smash... Just crush her her head like an egg. Yep.
0: Her teeth are in the back of her spine. Yep.
1: The thing Whoops. is... I- Sorry about that.
0: The thing is, I am a sufferer of attention deficit disorder. Sure. Please don't ask me what I'm thinking when I'm kissing you, because it's probably going to be something like that.
1: Yeah. I, the thing is, like, she also expects a lot more of him.
0: Oh, she does that passive-aggressive thing where she says go back to work, and then she's like, you're not supposed to go back to work. You're supposed yeah. to do... Yeah. Ugh, I can't like, put up with that, and I'm a human.
1: It's like, look, I know that, you know, like you you need to go easy on him with this crap because yeah. he has no idea how to deal with any of it. Well,
0: that's what I mean. Yeah. She's, she's kind of broken, which I think is part of why it's so difficult for him. Mm-hmm. She does get a little shocked and hurt that the robot has
2: reduced, has reduced her down to just a series of mathematical variables. Yeah. yeah. But the thing deal. is, when,
0: when he says, I have created a subroutine for you, what that means is <coughs> I think about you a lot. And that's yeah, sweet. Exactly. You should take that as all. He yeah. thinks about me. That's good. So, yeah. Um... I don't know. That's all I got. Anything anything from you guys?
1: Uh, who else? Uh, as soon as Data goes to Jordy for advice on, roman- on <laughs> romance. She's like, uh-huh. Yep. Well, even he. He has a great Even Jordy self- realizes self- it, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Self-realization where he's like, well, Data, what you need to do... Uh, you know what? Go ask somebody else.
1: But then I thought about it, and all of his relationships have been with pretend women. As right. a pretend man, no one could benefit more from that than Data. Mm-hmm. Except his sure. relationships with pretend women have failed also. Ooh. He still All right, so not him. great. Like Yeah, that girl
0: on rice that he didn't meet. Yeah, that exactly. went well. well that he thought he met. That was mm-hmm. a fake memory implant. But didn't really happen. It didn't happen. He didn't see it happen. It hasn't happened.
1: <laughs> no one saw it happen.
0: Right. Well, he's blind. <laughs> I was telling Fluck, the the blind jokes never get old. They're still not funny, but they never get old.
1: Nope. Well, there's certainly no spot. Hmm? <laughs> There's certainly no cat out of the bag, Joe. Well, no, that's that's no, <coughs> we're not going to That
0: no, that's your that's your money line there. All right, anything else? Yeah, huh?
1: very well. No, I think we can move on to the really good
0: one. The really, yes. I mean, this one was
1: fine. This one, oh was no, this is a great good. episode. Don't get me wrong.
0: I mean, it wouldn't be in like my top ten, but it's definitely way up there because I I love, ex- like particularly with Data, I love mm. when they just focus on him doing normal stuff like Data's day. Where we're yeah. just following him, doing different stuff, interacting with people, seeing things the way he sees them i mean that's that's funny. he's a fun character to do that with. Yeah. and I know you
2: guys disagreed, but I thought that that the uh the enterprises and danger B plot was integrated really well
0: into that episode.
1: I don't On think it was to day
0: yeah, I didn't think it was integrated well. I thought it was a good plot, way yeah. better than the ghost thing but uh, <laughs> but no i I didn't think it was it it meshed very well unfortunately. All right. Uh, yeah, we already talked about it, so I don't want to get into it, yeah, but I fair. disagree. Okay. Well, you, you know, you're allowed to do that. But if you if you think the next episode was not amazing, then I'm sorry. You're, oh, you're not no. allowed to do that. so, so I'm, good. I'm going to so hit good. the hang-up button right now. Very good. So, Redemption Part 1, or as it's called on the screen, Redemption. Not supposed to know it's Part 1. Alright, uh, it's been several months since Captain Picard's somewhat reluctantly arbiter of succession to the new Klingon leader, Galron, into power. See episode 95 of this very podcast, True Believers. Yes, I ripped this joke off from a recent episode of Thrilling Adventure Hour, but they rip it off from Stan Lee, so shut up. So now Galron is about to take the... throne? Pile of corpses? One of those ergonomic ball things that people say is better for your back but just looks like a hippity-hopper to me? I don't know. He's about to take whatever it is the ruler of the Klingon High Council sits on. Wait. Who's been leading the Empire since Worf slayed Duras with his mighty Batleth forged in the fires of blah blah blah? I have no idea. Maybe Gowron had some vacation time on the books and he wanted to burn through it before he got promoted. I guess it doesn't matter. In the meantime, the House of Duras, specifically his creepy sisters who cleavage should be hot but somehow it makes them even more repulsive, Mm -hmm. have been plotting their dramatic comeback. Because Klingon politics is basically like boxing. I have no idea why I'm setting up this metaphor because I have absolutely nowhere to go with it. Rumble in the jungle, I guess? Anyway, the Duras sisters, Lursa and Bator, have located their long-lost nephew, who is seriously about as tiny as Alexander and apparently about as qualified to run the empire. (laughs) But the two hideous troll women, who I just realized Matt probably finds attractive because he's a bit strange like that, can't rule the High Council themselves, even though we saw Chancellor Gorkin's daughter do that in Star Trek VI. Well, whatever. Star Trek VI hasn't happened yet, even though it happened 75 years ago. This whole Duras-Galron thing is threatening to split the Klingon Empire into a bloody civil war. Or if you prefer, a war of Duras aggression. (laughs) And since Abraham Lincoln has long since departed in his space chair, there's nobody around to hold things together. Worf takes a leave of absence from Starfleet, slaps his brother Kern around until he agrees to pledge his support to Gowron, then begs old bug-eyes to restore their honor. But the price for that is apparently everything Worf has offered plus one additional thing. And it keeps being that, no matter how much Worf continues to offer. This is the guy you want learning your empire, huh? Well, less of two evils, I guess. This is a topical joke because there is an election happening in my country soon. So yeah, it's Duras versus Galron. Galron has Kern, Worf, and some other guys, I guess. And those eyes. They have to count for something in a fight. But they fire via some kind of spring-loaded mechanism like the uh, mythical Boba Fett backpack missile. If the Playmates' action figure of Galron didn't do that, it was a wasted opportunity especially since kids putting their eyes out with a toy eye is my kind of irony. On the other side of the division, we have the House of Duras, and what appears to be the majority of the High Council, and oh shit, it's some Romulans, which will be actually really cool, except, ah, crap, here it comes. It's a Romulan who looks like Tasha Yar, the same mysterious one who reprogrammed Jordy in episode 104 of this very podcast, True Believers. And so begins the era of one of the stupidest ideas for a character in this entire series. But at the moment, she's just a shocking baffling let's go with baffling reveal before the to be continued yeah sorry honey you're no locutus oh and Worf did get his honor back so that's a feather in his cap which he will then throw to the ground on account of not being a merry man and all
1: (laughs) (laughs) you know for apparently having trouble writing this thing that was pretty fucking good
0: I agonized over this all day this is one of those this is so great how do I make jokes about this well tangents (laughs) that's how tangents there's a lot going on here, and and there's a lot. I was really amazed at how little the Starfleet guys were in it. You got some Picard, yeah. but it's mostly just Worf wandering off on his own adventure and occasionally intersecting yeah, with the Enterprise see guys. Yeah,
1: anyone almost until the very end when they're at when Worf leaving the ship.
0: Yeah. Oh God, I love that scene so how much.
1: How great was that fucking scene? Holy <clears throat> Christ! There's
0: a bit where okay, Worf resigns, like I said, and. Uh, as he's leaving, he's got his Klingon armor on. And I think it's the first time we've ever seen him in the proper Klingon armor.
1: Pretty sure, yeah.
0: Which itself is very cool. Mm. And he's Except walking... with his little pageway haircut, he looks like Shakespeare.
2: <laughs> it's <laughs> much yeah, more effective like when he has yeah. long hair.
0: Yeah, with the haircut and the, the, the armor, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, as he's walking down the, uh, the, the corridor, there's just, I mean, probably every extra they could afford to hire. Yep. They probably doubled up on guys that they make Klingons in the other scenes. <laughs> but there's, I don't know, there's like 50 Starfleet guys standing at attention. It's very military tradition, very, you know, just pomp and circumstance. Like, I love that stuff. Yeah. Because they use it sparingly, and when they do, it's really cool. And it's it's,
1: such, its just such a beautiful, beautiful what? scene. And, of course, you don't know if he's coming back or not, right? Yeah,
0: because this is the end of the season. Maybe the yeah. actor doesn't want to be there. Who knows? Um. But it's a very Ron Moore thing because he likes, like, you see a lot of that in DS9. You see a lot of it in Battlestar Galactica. That's definitely him. Mm-hmm. He loves that we're from the military. We're a proud tradition. You stand at attention. You request permission to leave. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And,
2: and it's also nice to just see that in Starfleet
0: every once in a while where he's like, oh, yeah, that's right. They they don't just go around science-ing. is military. There's right. a it chain nice. of command and everything. Right. And when the captain says you stand at attention and you see off one of our senior bridge officers, you fucking go down there and do that. Yeah. But it's also a nice dramatic thing because he's walking past these sort of nameless crewmen, and then he walks into the transporter room proper, and the core, you know, bridge crew is there: Data and JorDy and uh, Troy and what's her name? Um, the rest. Then, <laughs> the rest. Uh, but it's it's quite nice, and he gets up on the transporter pad, and it looks like he's about to cry. Like if O'Brien doesn't hit the button, a second later, he's like mm-hmm. just going to burst into tears. <laughs> it was quite nice. Um. So my good thing is, uh, well, we've come a long way from those guys with the grease paint and the Fu Manchu mustaches. I mean, in a short time, in really five, six, seven episodes, the Klingons have become this fully realized culture. And we haven't had that in Star Trek. Maybe the Vulcans? Yeah. But you feel like they're this whole people with, with, I mean, they have a language, they have rituals, they have, like, one of the better-looking exterior shots of their city. It it looks... Mm -hmm. Like, these are real people. They have have a fleet of different 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 kinds of ships. Yeah. Yeah. Well, two different, but actually some of the birds of prey look slightly different from each other as well. True. And I think some of the big cruisers do, too. Like, there's, you know, there's lots of subtleties. There's lots of different... I don't... You see other aliens, and they're kind of cool sometimes or whatever, but you never really get the idea that this guy's acting like a Ferengi. This guy's acting like a Cardassian. At this point in the series, you don't get that yet. But Klingons, you totally know what is Klingon and how they're supposed to act and what they're all about. And even to someone who hasn't seen the series that much, you can just, you just know.
1: Yeah.
0: They're warriors, they're proud, they got traditions, blah, blah, blah. They're just, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's so great. But again, you hardly see anybody else. It's all Worf and Kern and, and Galron. And this other cast has completely taken over and you're so riveted by it because this culture is just so rich and fascinating. Mm-hmm. I love. And it, plus, like...
2: Garon's a good actor. Yeah. Uh Tony Todd's really good. Like yeah. all these guys that they have doing it are just fantastic.
0: There's one or two guys that, that sort of jump out just because everyone else around them is so great. The the guy at the at the Klingon High Council who wants to be Kempek so bad, like the big fat guy, but isn't. He's just sort of, like, hey, welcome back. Here's the thing. <laughs> like he just seems kind of bored. Here there. Everyone else is so intense and so yeah. you know, even the background guys. And this guy's, just, hey, how's it going? And then, like, you pointed somebody out on Gowron's ship, also. Yes, there's a prospector for some reason who's working the <laughs> sensor board, throwing his tarnation, In other words,
1: decloaked off the port bow. Concern <laughs> it, dang nabbit. There's dilithium in them hills. I just picture him holding like a batleth on like a big handle, like a mining pick. <laughs> <laughs> this here's my claim. I struck down lithium nuggets as big as your fist.
2: It was one when the one chip starts attacking him. He just like he rips his sh- uh, his sash off and starts stomping on
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> So my bad thing is okay. Seriously, the Klingon homeworld—you don't—you don't have a name for this planet yet. Still, do we know when they actually name it Kronos? Yes, yeah, Star Trek Six.
1: Really? Which That's a- how long it took. Yeah, wow, which man.
0: is in in? We're dealing with the show in real time. Time is almost upon us. It's like three or four more months. Okay. Because uh, unification, which happens early in season five, uh, tied in with the movie, which came out at the same time. So yeah, okay. we're almost there.
1: And I fucking love Star Trek. 6.
0: Yeah. My yeah. Yeah, me too. My real bad thing is uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing. I I'm not that's not going to be a proper bad thing. I am talking about Sela. I'm talking about, I'm talking about mm. the stupid reveal of of a blonde Romulan who looks just like Tasha Yar. Mm. That's not going to be my true bad thing until the next episode because we don't uh, it's just a big dun 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 moment at the end. We yeah. don't really know what she is yet. Dun dun dun. But dun dun Hmm. My, my problem is I'm not even going to acknowledge that one <laughs> you should have stopped at the first one should have stopped the cat, out, no of the cat bag. out of the bag no <laughs> that is now the uh, the standard by which all humor will be measured
1: <laughs> we're in a lot of trouble then <laughs> yeah we are yeah,
0: right. <laughs> the triple out of the bag where it'll be no cat at all yeah I get nothing
1: yeah see we're doomed Yeah. Um, it's okay
0: but putting aside we don't know what the character is about yet it's just her first reveal Denise Crosby is not an intimidating presence. She's yeah. not evil sounding. She's got that sort of, you know, she sounds like a girl. And not like an evil girl, just like a girl. She just. It, on, on the, the long next, line of
2: badass Romulan
0: women, she is not. No, in that we've line. seen several. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she does not belong on
1: that list. And how bad is the uh, cl- <laughs> humans turn up when they're least expected line? Yeah. That's just terrible. It is. Well, an and it kind
2: of leads you to think that she's Tashiyar, that she's a human, but yeah, because oh. you don't see her ears.
0: So it's well, possible this ties a
1: bit into my bad thing. Okay, well, we'll, we'll let's get there in a second. I just, I wanted
0: to say specifically, not so much Sayla as I just don't think Denise Crosby, like lurking in the shadows, pulling the strings. I just don't buy it. She does no. not look like the kind of character that would do that. And we'll find out what her deal is in the next part. Fortunately, mm-hmm. we don't have to wait all summer to figure that
1: out. That's true. Flunk,
0: yeah. uh, what about you?
2: All right, this was so fucking cool. Oh, oh, man. So you got all these factions fighting, and Picard's doing something that he knows personally is wrong, but ethically is the right thing to do.
0: And you got people making and breaking alliances. It's like Game of Thrones with lasers. This rules. Yeah, you know what yeah, it fucking does. You pointed out the Game of Thrones things, and I didn't realize you got these two chicks propping up this kid to rule the empire, but really they want to rule it instead of him. And you got mm. houses, and I mean, it, it's very much like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's so good. Yeah. Not enough incest, though. I mean to be like Game of Thrones not to be something I like oh. that's not a thing I like
1: that's definitely true. it had just the right amount of incest for that yeah
0: yeah exactly right in the incest sweet spot as I call it you don't know where little Duros came from that's true I still think he's Alexander or you know basically Alexander
1: Alexander is sent back in time
0: oh yeah that's gonna happen anyway
1: oh god it is too yeah fuck
0: I just realized that <laughs> as I was looking up something else earlier today yeah let's let's deal with right now we're in the you know we're in the great part of the series and let's 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 relish that while we can yeah this was you're right this is absolutely an amazing episode there was so many cool things and it's one of those where a cool thing happens and then another even cooler thing happens and it just keeps keeps on building and building and
2: building and then it's just stacking
0: awesome space fight that's fantastic yeah we haven't gotten like i mean we had the borg but really all they did was You know, fuck up the Enterprise and then pick off, like, three ships. Mm -hmm. We haven't seen proper lengthy space battles really at all. Yeah. Not to the extent we've got them in this episode anyway. And, of course, we've all seen DS9 and we've seen so much better. But at this point, this was the best you could get. So
1: Yeah. And this episode is jam packed. Like I yep. thought, this thing was like was about to end like three times before it actually did. <laughs> That's what I mean. And then the next act, yeah, like, looks fuck, like Garon's
2: losing the fight, and then Worf comes up with his crazy plan, and yep. you think he's going to win, but then the the other Klingons regroup, and they're about to win again, and then Kern comes in. I don't know where else.
1: Yep. Yep. And I fucking love Picard having to take the Enterprise out of there. Yeah,
0: yeah. there's there's a great moment where they're like, well, they're sending out a distress call, and Riker's like, we're going to help them. And Picard just sits there look or stands there looking for a minute. Yeah. He's like, uh, we gotta get out of here. Yeah. Just, you know he doesn't want to.
1: Yeah, but like... Yeah, he has to. Yeah.
0: No, there's a... The, mean, the
1: last thing they need is another fucking war with the Klingons. And there's a yeah. whole
0: thread running through the entire episode where he's talking to Worf about uh, conflicts of interest. And he's like, <clears throat> you're a Starfleet officer and you're a Klingon, you can't, you know, and I'm in an even worse spot because I'm a fucking <clears throat> arbiter of succession and I... Uh, this is terrible. <laughs> I don't know what to do, man. So yeah, it's Ugh. it's a great and and seeing Picard because we're always so behind him because he's always got the moral certainty. He's always mm. he's always right. We we trust him to know what to do. Yeah, it's it's sort of agonizing to watch him in a position like this because we never see that he always figures a way out. And it's like I I don't know what to do, man. I'm lost.
1: Once again, the the, the just the idea of the Enterprise like evacuating. Yep, it's just it's so wrong and. Remember when we talked about in the pilot
0: where Picard's first action is, you know, we surrender? Yeah. And we're yeah. like, oh, we're off to a great start. Well, they've mm-hmm. done a great job of correcting that. Yeah. At this point, we're like, Jesus, isn't he supposed to fight? Like, that's what we expect him to do now.
1: Yeah, but he can't.
0: I know. But I'm saying that's that's what I mean. Like, this is such yeah. a big deal because now they've completely turned the character around and we want him to fight because that's what he does. Yeah. And so they've done a really good job of just building Picard up to that point, and he's got those great moments he always has around Klingons, where he just out Klingons them all.
1: Oh, he fits in with Klingons so fucking awesome.
0: There's a great bit where they're in the, the hall and they're like, they're challenging Lil Duras' claim, and Picard's supposed to decide because it's his job to be the picker, mm-hmm. the decider. There's another <laughs> timely po- political reference for you, <laughs> and uh, he says, "You know what? He is Duras' son. We did a we did a DNA test. He's definitely his son." But he's a child. He's fought no battles. He's gained no glory. Like he's throwing all this Klingon stuff around.
1: Yeah, like totally. Like that's a total Klingon reason for him not to. Yeah, he's citing put him in their
0: precedent rather than yeah, saying. There was. Yeah, he's rather than saying here's why I don't think he should be the leader. He's like, no, based on your culture, this guy doesn't deserve to be a leader because this and yeah. this and this and that's so much cooler. Mm-hmm. And he just again he out Klingons everyone. Yeah. And then, of course, little Duras' first thing is, is Starfleet going to control our stuff? Like, no. Did you not listen to what he said? He's using your own laws. Mm-hmm. It's nothing to do with Starfleet, you little jerk.
1: <laughs> of course, they try to you know, everyone sides against him anyway.
0: Yeah. That, that is Plenty my like bad don't thing. Don't
1: pay attention. Right.
2: That is my bad thing, which is, shut up, little Duras. You're not fooling anyone. I <laughs> suppose it's wrong to want to see Garrowman beat, beat the shit out of a child, but he has a coming.
1: That was, uh, that was one thing I noticed where it's just like, shouldn't, according to Clan law, shouldn't these two just beat the shit out of each other until one of them wins? Well, and Gowron's, Gowron's gonna win.
0: Gowron's initial reaction is he pulls his, pulls his knife. He says, come on. Yeah. Like, he's gonna stab this kid. I'm like, wow, really? And then by the end of that scene, I said, fucking stab him, won't you? Yeah.
1: It was, it just, uh, just so
0: impetuous.
1: Yeah. I love the character of Gowron so fucking much. Oh yeah, he's great. So... He is gonna be around for a long fucking time. Yeah.
0: So intense. which actually what
2: like what ends up happening to him, it's it's mm-hmm. kind of cool to see to see this stuff happening
0: now. Yeah. Yeah. No, they do a lot of groundwork length so that later on when when different well, stuff yeah. happens, yeah. People I know are watching that so I don't want to say anything. Yeah. No, there's there's a lot of plot developments that have carry much more weight because he's an established character. That's all. Like, he's been yeah. around. Yeah, yeah, he's been yeah, the yeah, leader exactly. of the Klingons for years. And then when stuff happens further down the road, you're like, wow, I've I've been watching this guy for, like, eight years. He's a, yeah. it's a pretty big deal. Like, he's such a nuanced character, too. He like. is. And so... <laughs> it's in- unusual for Klingons. Yeah. So intense. Like, I mean, we talk about the eyes, but really, I don't think he blinks. No. I think he's got normal-sized eyelids, and I don't think they can cover the eyeballs. Yeah. he He's just so... And he's got this weird body language where... He steps off the, the transporter pad to talk to Worf, and he does this weird little monkey move. Yeah. Where he sort of swivers, swivels his shoulders and stoops down to talk to Worf, and is like, okay, that looks ridiculous if you were playing anything but a Klingon, but now it looks awesome.
2: Yeah, when the Frank you do it, it looks dumb, but when you do it, it looks awesome.
0: Yep. No, he does a lot of things. He says and does a lot of things where, you're absolutely right, Fonk, where if anyone else did that playing a different role,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you could just not get away with that. But he makes it work, and... Like you say, Tony Todd, completely great Klingon, but in a different yeah. way. And, of course, Dorn. Dorn has a lot of great acting here. He's got he – doesn't, he doesn't just have to be the glowering, angry guy who says no, – Well, he's it. going toe-to-toe with Patrick Stewart. Like, he, yeah. he's – Oh, and he's so got a good. few really heavy scenes with him, and he totally holds mm-hmm. his own. Yeah. And But, I mean, he's got moments where he's sort of reacting sad or proud or, you know, like, more than just being the angry guy. And he covers a lot of the really subtle shades of emotion really well. Yeah.
1: He's, he's just getting attractive. back to that uh, that scene at the end when he's leaving the ship. Mm-hmm. Just the, the the emotion you can see on him there is just amazing.
0: Well, that whole run of where he decides to leave. Yeah. He doesn't want to. He's really torn. And then when he decides, he's, he's not regretting it, but he's like, oh, man, I like this job. I'm yeah. good at this job. Yeah. <laughs>
1: No one's told me I suck in at least three episodes. Yeah, nobody's even shot down my ideas for a while. I'm just starting to pick up for old wharf. And you know, I took over since Tasha, who we'll never see again. I, I got a book of all the people's names on the ship now. <laughs> i Am not gonna have to learn a whole bunch of new people's <laughs> names?
0: What'd you say, Flunky? has got flashcards. Yeah,
2: yeah. When, when he when he turns in his he turns in his communicator, his phaser, the map to the shuttle
0: bay, a little <laughs> flashcards that has everybody's name on it. We had to dig that stuff out from under the chair. He hasn't seen them in years. There's a great bit where he's packing up his trunk and Picard comes in and talks to him. And then he walks out and Picard says, oh, we'll ship your stuff over to you. Which is good because otherwise he'd be carrying big suitcases and trunks and, you know.
1: And that giant
0: fucking chair. It it might have kind of ruined that that sweet moment where he's going to the transporter room if he had to carry his luggage with him. <laughs>
1: We'll send the boy with your luggage.
0: <laughs> well, I was just—I was thinking along those lines. I was thinking, is there a yeoman? Like, is there Picard have a little yeoman slave that can do that crap? That's a good question. I assume so because you really they don't do hear all the term yeoman anymore. No, I think Rand kind of ruined it. with have gone the yeah. they have gone the way of the Commodores.
1: <laughs> yeah, just
2: trying to get phased out over the years. Right. Uh, so, what about you, Matt?
1: Yeah, so we pretty much talked about all of this, but this episode is absolutely nothing but Klingon politics, and I fucking love it. Um, I really had, I really stepped down on the notes for this one just because mm-hmm. I was completely—I st- I just spent the entire episode just staring at the screen.
0: Well, and that's why I was agonizing over this, this uh, summary, because I did want to get the main po- po- plot points across, but it's like, how do I make jokes about this? This is yeah. just great. It is—this is such good fucking Star Trek now here's here's an interesting thing though. I, mm. I, I I totally 100% agree with you now, but uh, 1991 L did not like it at all. Ugh, this is the season finale, really? A bunch of Klingon crap. Who cares?
1: I feel like when I was watching this as a kid, I felt probably felt the same way. It's like, oh fuck, a Klingon episode.
0: Yeah, because as a kid, you don't really get the the whole political thing. You don't get yeah. how it matters. You don't get the you know how it uh, feeds the characters. You're just like, eh, I, I don't care. Why why isn't Data doing something?
2: Yeah, I know I definitely didn't get the whole big picture part of the episode like right. the first
0: time I watched it. Right.
1: It's like last time last year they were fighting the Borg. Yes, that was exactly. cool.
0: Well And the thing is, I, I think I mentioned this a few weeks ago, I just got on board sort of mid-season four, mm-hmm. and by this point I was watching in real time, and I was like, eh, this is, eh, I guess this is okay, but I thought they did a cool thing with the Borg last year. How come we're not doing that? Yeah. So it was, it was a little disappointing. But no, absolutely, now I would hold this up as one of their best cliffhangers and unfortunately once again amazing part one with almost no flaws perfect you know perfect execution and then part two whizzes it down its leg yeah i don't remember how this ends at all so that probably tells you pretty much
2: it it, it primarily
0: the main part of the story is now that we've um now that we've exposed sailor she becomes a big part of the plot oh good so that's how it's. She's I don't so re- interesting. I'm really looking forward to that. And she expositions where she came from and, and so on. And yeah, uh, I
1: know she pops up a whole bunch more times. No, is she ever. Not no, a whole that's
2: bunch. the thing. She doesn't. She's only in this and unification. But she's just so bad. She would <laughs> like, think that she's always there?
0: No, the problem is she ruined one of their best season cliffhangers, mm-hmm. and then she ruined the Spock episode, which should have been a high point of Next Gen. It Should have yeah, been one of their very bullshit. best things. And these two moments where the show should have excelled she's just kind of like hey I'm the bad guy mm. they decided that she would be the face of the Romulans and she's not a good face for you've
1: that you've got a great face of the Romulans already
0: yeah I know he's gone Matt
1: poor Tomalak
0: never coming back well he'll be back once in the finale and that's it yeah. uh, so your bad thing leads right into what we're already talking about
1: actually. yeah so everyone's gonna say Tasha's right baby but honestly we haven't seen her do anything stupid or boring yet she's mm. just sort of stood in the background and schemed and I imagine her reveal at the end of the ep- of the season was probably a pretty big deal, just Well, it, the, it certainly
0: was, was a what the fuck moment. Like, it was, uh, and the, it
1: was unexpected. Like that's the yeah. kind of thing I would have seen in the middle, like, what the fuck?
0: Yeah. No, that would have been great if you're watching this in real time and then you gotta wait three months. That would have been like what huh? Tasha Whoa. Yeah. But
1: But it's hard finding another bad thing in this episode. Yeah. That sidekick Romulan's kind of weird looking, I Oh, guess. Old potato nose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: That's his name, Potato Nose. That was a weird look. Yeah, a little to bit to go with. What's weird is he's lurking in this very specific corner of the room, and then we cut back, and it's two days later, and he's still standing right there. Yep. I think he slept there, standing up. They brought him food. He just he's he likes that spot.
1: I feel bad for the poor guy because clearly any uh, any room that you're in with uh, with uh, Tasha's kid is going to be badly lit. Yeah. She's <laughs> so always his lurking poor in eyes corner. must have just been aching by the time they find. I, I want to look you in the eyes. eyes. Can you, could you, st- ah, where are your eyes? No. Damn it. Where are you? Yeah. In the background. Uh, scheming. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, like I said, the, pr- the problem I had more than the character, cause we can't really say that yet. It's not, mm-hmm. it hasn't happened yet. It's, she's just not a, like, I don't, I don't care. Yeah.
2: Like she's saying lines that should be threatening and scary, yeah. but it's just kind of blank.
1: Baby, yeah. baby. No, the the idea of the, Ron, of the romulans <laughs> trying to get in bed with the klingons again. No, that's great. And trying trying to seize power in of the uh, like of the klingons by putting like yeah. by propping their guy up is awesome. No, I love that.
0: And I love that it makes the romulans this big threat. And unfortunately mm-hmm. after these last couple of things in early season 5, they just kind of go away. They're yeah. not a big deal anymore and that's too bad cuz they could have been the big villain of the show and they're just not.
1: Like the Romulans should be the big villain. Yeah, big because villains.
0: we had the Klingons and the Romulans in the original series and now the Klingons mm-hmm. are our pals, so that leaves yeah. the Romulans.
1: Yeah. It it, it it it's always bugged me that we've sort of gotten away from the Romulans. And then they can like they sort of got a bit of a resurgent with with the later movies, but like that's it. Yeah.
0: Just that last movie and then, you know. Well, no, cuz the the, man, the
1: main bad guy in uh uh Nemesis was a Romulan. Well, that's
0: movie, what I'm saying. In the last oh, movie yeah. and then and then the Abrams one, but the last yeah. next gen movie.
1: Like it seemed like they had sort of realized, "Oh, Romulans. Oh, yeah, yeah, we should make them the bad guys." Right. I just I feel like they
0: especially with Sayla, they're like, oh, "Fuck, now what?" Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind, just kidding. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you know what? Screw it. Yeah. But like I say, we'll we'll deal with that next week or next episode, yeah. Blue Laser. Um <laughs> it's And again, we'll bring this up later, but Tasha had a
1: fine death. Yeah, she didn't uh, anyway, all right, all right. Never mind, never yeah. mind. <laughs> we'll, we'll, th- this will be for next week. Right. Yes, it will. It's fucking. Oh.
0: Whichever. I don't remember which guests we have. Oh, I think it's Irish Gav. Yeah, Irish Gav. If you're listening to this, um, we're gonna be yelling a lot. Yeah. <laughs> just, just so you know. All right. Uh, Lursa and Bator
2: even by Klingon
0: standards, are not very subtle. No. No. Well, they're as subtle as Doros. He was also not subtle. Yeah. That's true.
1: They're it's not a very subtle family. They're very, but, like, they're when they're, they're trying to... Not very subtle people. Right.
2: When they're trying to seduce Picard or whatever, like, they're <laughs> just falling all over him, and it's
0: just would so, like, like, transparently obvious.
1: Ah, we made you the tea. Yeah. Okay, Matt, so By was way, I... no, I'm not attracted to them. Well,
0: okay. Just checking.
1: Because, you know, they get the cleavage out there, and, you know, sometimes... Look, I'll be the first to admit that I'm into some weird shit, but no. All right. I
0: mean, you know, I, I wouldn't judge. I'd make fun of you, but I wouldn't judge.
1: No, no, and that would be fair. Okay. But no
0: Fair enough, but you're absolutely right that that scene was very like broad and and you know written that way. Like they yeah. played it exactly the way it was written. And then Picard, as he leaves, has this great thing. He's like, "You have uh, you have expertly uh, arranged this uh, scenario just like a Romulan."
1: Goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> I'm very impressed.
0: So, but I mean, he totally called them out, like without saying, "I know you're yep. in bed with the Romulans." He basically said it. Yeah. He's like, oh, "How very Romulan like of you." Goodbye. Mm-hmm. And it was like, any other Klingon would take that as an insult, but they're like, shit, does he know?
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Fuck, this guy's this guy's better than we thought. That's not cool.
1: We really need to stop fucking around with Picard. Yeah. Well,
0: yeah. You really do.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I am reminded of the awesome scene with Guinan and Worf.
0: Yeah, that's actually my quote, so... Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm gonna drop this here. All right. I really struggle to pick this because Klingon episodes are full of all those ridiculous, over-the-top, highly quotable crap, like, Today is a good day to die, and, you know, you know, glory to you and your house, and just all those, you know, really crazy over-the-top lines. So, thankfully, there's a Guinan scene, so I didn't have to pick one of those. <laughs> there's this. This is when she comes in, and, and she says this to Worf.
1: Guinan.
2: It was a little quiet down at 10 forward, so I thought I'd get off a little target practice. Do you mind if I join you?
1: You? Practice?
0: I like to keep my eyes sharp. I practice at level 14. Hmm. Guess I could come down to that level for a while. Um. But then later, she's totally kicking his ass at target practice, and he's like, you know, kind of incredulous. And she's like, you know, I'm way older than you. I've been doing this since before you were born. And he just kind of lets down, oh. Well that makes sense.
1: All right. It, well, it fine wasn't then.
0: it wasn't like that he got beat by a woman. It's like how how are you so good at the, Oh, right, cuz you're like 300 years old. All right, that's
1: cool. Cuz you're 300 years old and fucking amazing.
0: Yeah. But it was nice that he kind of respected her at that point. Yeah. It's not like she was cheating or she, you know, he's terrible. It's just oh, she's been around. She knows what she's up to. That's cool. That was a great scene and it was once again and cutting to the, you know, cutting to oh, the Oh, she's heart great. Of at just
2: calling people out on their shit and like
0: But not just making them,
2: making them explain what's wrong with them, like realizing she's being a good counselor, as you said, leading them to the answer.
0: Like she's really good at not directly telling them what the problem is, but making them tell her what the problem is. Yeah, which is a great skill to have, and yeah, that maybe a counselor should have that. Um, There was a nice callback, just a tiny little continuity callback where Worf's on the Klingon ship, and he refers to distance in kelly cams yeah that was nice and actually the previous episode they talk about something going on with the windows and they say transparent aluminum mm-hmm. and i just i love those little touches like it's totally ron moore it's like we're we're playing in a world that's connected we're you know things happen that affect other things this is all a big universe
1: this is what the second time Worf quit starfleet mm, the first time
0: he didn't quit starfleet he threw his badge down like I'm off duty right now. Yeah. I need to go do this as a private citizen, but he didn't actually resign his commission. Yeah. He does it a lot though. Well this is the second time and I don't think it's the last time. No. I, can... I gotta
1: go do Klingon shit.
0: Yeah. Bye. Sorry. Well and I think we've I think they've mentioned that Starfleet is totally voluntary.
1: Yes. You're no not, that, that comes up a lot.
0: You're not drafted. You can quit anytime you want because it's not yeah. like you're forced to stay for five years or whatever.
1: Yeah. Do you think they're drafted for like the wars? I don't know.
0: Like the like the Dominion War? I
1: don't know. Yeah. Probably not. I don't
0: I don't think so. I think it might be one of those deals where people see that, you know, the Federation's in trouble and they go enlist to help.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I guess you could maybe get like a letter that's like, hey, we're going into a war. We could probably use a hand. Yeah. That could you be. You know, if you want to come back. Right. We get a ship for you.
0: Or, you know, you're probably not going to come back. Whatever. There's also that. Yeah, I, I mentioned this in my summary, but really, what has happened between the point when Picard decided who the leader was and this?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What all this time, Galran has not assumed leadership. Well, what the fuck's been going on? Who's been leading the Empire all this yeah. time? Yeah, like you got a rudderless um. ship there for like six months.
1: Like, and it feels like the Klingon Empire is the last thing you want to not have a guy in charge of for that long.
0: Oh no, it's like leaving a class. You know, like no, the substitute's not even there. They're just they're they're in their by themselves. There. What's that? The council's there.
1: That's true, but... The council's there, but, like... They're not a democracy. About, no, and we're talking about, like, like people who can basically get promoted by killing each other. Right. Like, mm. you need to have someone in charge of that just to keep the Empire from not falling apart. But right? there's
2: also all honor and respect, and so they're all right, well, we, we can't kill anyone until garon has got his cape on. <laughs> mm.
0: Nobody kill anybody until I blow this whistle. <laughs> I really love that cape, by the way. That's yeah, it was a great, great cape. And it's the ceremonial cape that you have to put on or you're not leader. Yeah. I get the feeling if it falls off, they can't hear him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, he's
0: got to give the orders with the cape on, and if it falls off, they're like, ah, la, la, we can't hear you. Nope, sorry. Yep. Uh, what else?
1: Oh, this is interesting. I actually found out the actual length of the kelicam goes back to, like, Klingon tradition. It's ac- it's the length of the uh, emperor's uh, foot, uh, boot spike. That's nice. That's a <laughs> nice
0: parallel to, like, earth crap.
1: Mm-hmm like that. But a lot of this honor
0: stuff and, and their basic culture, I think, is based in a lot of sort of medieval traditions from Europe and stuff, which is cool. Like, it's not made up from a vacuum. I think they base this on some actual earth cultures, yeah. which is cool. And that's, what, I think, why it feels so internally consistent to us, like, where we get a few details and we can kind of imagine what the rest of it is. Because it seems similar to other things that we've seen. But it also feels sort of distinct on its own, I think. No, I really like that. I like their whole... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Clannons are great. Yeah, they are. I love them.
2: And, yeah, we get two shows that just do so many good things with them. Yep, and then we got
0: those other two that we'll also
2: say. The last one did an interesting thing with the I'll give it that.
0: All right. Well... Like I have said, when we get to Voyager and Enterprise, I would love to have people on to convince us. I don't want to just say, I hate this. Shut no. up. Don't talk How about it. How would
1: you know people who enjoy them? So. Oh, I know
0: people who enjoy Voyager. I know people who say, okay, Enterprise isn't as bad as you say. I, don't, I wouldn't say I know anyone who enjoys it. That's true. I, I enjoyed the last season. You and Bob, and I think somebody else whose opinion I actually trust said, it's not as bad as all that. But that's the best you could muster.
1: That's what well, worries me, is, here's, is taking on a series with it's not as bad as you think it is.
0: Yeah. Here's how it breaks down. Um,
2: seasons 1 and 2 is just more Voyager. You got boring yeah, people I going through, through space one and I just doing it. stupid things that nobody cares about. Yeah. Um, season 3, Earth gets 9-11, and the Enterprise goes off to space Afghanistan to take care of it. Which, it's still bad, but they're doing something different at least. You give them right. a little bit of credit for that. But then season four is actually the original series prequel that we were promised in the first place. Like, it's not perfect, but it's it's what season one should have been. If that's what they had started with, it would right. have been a much better show.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll get there in yeah. 2019 or something like mm-hmm. that. For now, though, we're at the best point of one of the best series. And, you know, yeah. that's this is pretty great. This is
1: And this is definitely one of the best episodes of that series. Oh, yeah. And
0: I've said oh. this many times, and we'll get there t- late season six and then through season seven. This show, to me, is a bell curve. It starts mm-hmm. out really kind of slow. It gets really great in the middle, and then it kind of tapers off again. And right now, we're in that great middle sweet spot, and I'm so happy we're there. Yeah, yeah. This is this is fantastic mm-hmm. stuff. All right. So, any any further business, or is that all we got?
1: Any old business? Any new business? Any bidness? Bidness. Weezness.
0: Weezness. <laughs> um. Buy our book. Oh, yes. Buy our book. Well, that's that's my that's my little spiel at the end here. All right. Um, yeah, well, the, the book and the app are on postatomichorror.com. That's the end of season four. Uh, we will be steaming ahead into <laughs> the steaming pile of redemption part two next week. <laughs> but then also to possibly my favorite episode, my single favorite episode of Next Gen ever, mm-hmm. uh, which is Darmok. Um, yeah, you might be right about that. We, I, I, It's definitely like top three. <laughs> like I don't know it might be between that and and a couple others yeah. but it is way the fuck up Tapestries there. is
2: usually my go to but Tapestry that's also really and, good. Uh,
0: I love Yesterday's Enterprise also but yeah. uh, you know it's way the fuck up there. And the thing is um for our forthcoming uh crossover with drunken time travel. Yeah, it's coming soon. Which is at, well, we're recording it soon but it's actually going to post I think in December when we take our couple of weeks off. So you guys okay, coming to, eventually. Well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so you know we're going to be gone for a couple of weeks but that'll that'll put some material out there so you know. People who want to hear the show have something to listen a lot to. Out of
1: continuity
2: adventure.
0: <laughs> well, it's Doctor Who. It's it's totally a sidestepping, you know, not in
2: canon oh, thing anyway. Speaking of which, I disagree with you guys, and I love the art in the, uh, in the comic. Really, yeah. really?
1: Well, you're welcome. And to I it. thought that the
0: original series uh, segment that they did, I didn't like the art in that. Oh, I like that quite a bit.
1: Yeah. Huh.
0: People yeah, have different opinions than ours, Matt. I know, isn't it strange? I'm not comfortable with this. Yeah, me neither. Um, But in the forthcoming thing, uh, we're trading episodes. We're giving them an episode that we think sort of embodies what we think Star Trek is, and they're giving us a Doctor Who of the same. And my first go-to with that, if there's anyone who hasn't seen Star Trek and I just want to show them in one hour, one self-contained hour, this is Star Trek. Darmok. Totally Darmok. This is Picard. This is Gene's vision in a good way. This is is Star Trek. And then I realized, okay, Irish Gav's going to be on the show that week. Doing Darmok with us. I can't do that one.
1: So that probably won't work.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So we chose another one, but I I stand by our choice. We both definitely agree. absolutely. And it's it's a good choice. And that should be an interesting thing. So like I said, that's coming in a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, We are just now sitting down to write uh, volume two of our episode guide. Yep. It will cover next-gen seasons one through four. Now that we're done watching them, we will write about them. And next March, you'll be able to get the next installment. Hooray. And if you own the app, I believe Bob—I I don't want to speak for him, but it will be available through the app. It may cost additional money since it is additional content, but I, I'm i not sure what he has planned, and I don't want to yeah. step on him there. But it is happening. It is happening. There will be considerably more content. And new jokes, I can't emphasize that enough. When we do these episode guides, they are different material than what we've done on the show.
1: Yeah, you're not just getting transcripts of uh, no. our uh, write-ups. In
0: fact, we specifically go through our old notes and make sure we're not repeating ourselves. Yeah. Because we want to give you new material if you're going to pay money for it, mm-hmm. so there's that.
1: Because we love you, we do,
0: and Aww. we appreciate your support. Uh, Flunk, thank you for being here. I'm sure you'll be back again in a few weeks. I, I think, I think your next appearance is like right on top of this one, as I recall. I don't recall what I picked, but um, we got a few people sure who I... were here in late season four, and then right at the beginning of season five again. So, in any case, you'll definitely be here at some point in season five. So, looking yeah. forward to that. And
2: the only one I remember what I picked is my D Space Nine one.
0: Right. Which is still a ways, a ways away. Off. Yeah. yeah. But again, for now, let's, let's enjoy what we got, which is great. You know, great next gen.
1: Flonk, why don't you yes. pick a
0: catchphrase to, to make us go away? Kaplah!
2: The Post Atomic Horror
0: Podcast is a co production of Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham, copyright 2012. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.